Hello, this is Audrey Mack. The Word of God says in 3 John 2, I wish above all things that you may prosper, be in good health, just as your soul prospers. So I pray that this message be a blessing to you. Go deep into your heart to work divine transformation, both in you and through you. So get ready, open your heart, and be blessed. We are really blessed tonight to have Audrey Mack come minister to us. Come on up here, Audrey and Fred. Are you coming too, Fred? I'm here. You're just helping her up the stairs. And uh, Fred, he's an American. He lives in Florida. And uh, I'm not sure all the details. I don't know if she wants me to share. I'll let her share if she wants to. But she's from France. And she came over here to go to Rama. And Audrey is just an awesome lady. And I talk about her being a little wild, which she tends to be that way. But did you know what I really love about Audrey is she loves God. You really love God, don't you? And I mean, it's genuine. And you know, the people that we have here, they're genuine. We were talking about this, you know, uh, Richard Roberts is a certified celebrity. And yet he came and listened in the morning sessions to other people. And I introduced him to Audrey. I think you'd met him before when he was here. But anyway, he, he was talking with her back in the green room as we had a meal. And uh, he went over and told her, I'm not going to be able to be there this afternoon, but tell me what you're going to minister on. And he was interested in her instead of just wanting everybody to be interested in him. And this is the type of people we have, of course, Ashley and Carly. Every single person who ministers are people that love God they love you. They're doing this because their heart is really, really pure. And so uh, anyway, there's a lot I could say about Audrey, but she's awesome. You're going to tell them about your website? I think they might not know. It's, um, Do you have the website? Yep, I have gotellministry.org. Gotellministry with a Y, dot org. Or I have, if you f speak French, I have one in French, which is gotell.fr. And what do you have on there? All kind of stuff. All kind of stuff. I know you've got testimonies on there. You've yeah, got, we've you've got, got a lot of Yeah, we've got all kind of testimonies. We've got all kind of, we have a YouTube channel with, you know, hundreds of teaching and we have a podcast in French and English. Um, we got all kind of good stuff, teaching articles, uh, Bible studies, you know, prayer requests. They can reach out for prayers and and you oh, will be blessed. Sure. So make sure you go check it out. And there I it is. Go tell. I want you to notice, just so that you know, they asked me what kind of podium I oh, wanted. Oh, you wanted one you couldn't stand on? What's so wrong? they said, would you like the big wood podium? And I said, I better not. I don't want to be tempted to climb on it. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> you don't weigh much, but I hate to see you fall through one of my podiums. That so I so know nice. I'm not going to climb on this. So anyway, this is Audrey Thank Mack. You, Let's welcome her. Hallelujah. Before I start, I just want to say that, um, you know, um, oh, there's so much I could tell about this ministry. Uh, Fred and I, we just, uh, we love this ministry. And I've been in the ministry since 1987. So that's just a few days. But I've always, I've always somewhat felt like I want to find a family. A ministry, and I've belonged to different ministerial association, and I would always say, you know, we are family, but you'd go there and never felt like it was family. But when I came, I remember the first time we came, and and 
we came and nobody knew us, but from the person behind the desk to the person at the door, to the ushers, to everybody, you could feel the love. And grace is not just something that is preached from the pulpit in this ministry, it's some, something that somebody in this ministry lives and whose is out. And we knew right there that we had found our family. And so we just love being part of this ministry and it's just totally changed us. And I just want to say thank you guys for who you are. And, and thank you, Jamie. You know, we always say behind every good man, there is a good woman. And I'm telling you, Jamie, she's a rare, she's a gem. Yeah. To have endured everything you put her through. <laughs> Amen, but you know, this ministry is not just built upon a man, it's, a, it's about a man and a woman and a team that is, um, that is impacting the whole world. And I just feel so blessed, proud, and so um, excited to be somewhat connected to this ministry. Amen. But before we, you know, I love, um, you know one thing that I love about this conference and Andrew's conference, and I do conferences you know, all over, but what I love is that all the speakers, they come and they sit during, you know, all through the day. And when you do that, it's neat because you can see what the Holy Spirit is doing and, and saying, and all the people that come, it's not like they just come to blow in, blow out and do their thing. It's almost like we're all just looking to say, what is God saying for you? Because every conference is very different. There are some themes, I mean, it's on healing, but sometimes we, we see a, a, a theme of something being weaved in and out of everything that the, the, the speakers are speaking. You know, and, and this is what I, I, I want to do. I want to, because I was listening and just really searching to say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And I just heard some things and I saw some things coming out of everybody's mouth and I could feel one of the messages that God was wanting to minister to you. Amen. I could hear love. I could hear righteousness. I could hear freedom and deliverance. I could hear authority. I could hear, you know, you've already got it. So stop letting the devil stomp all over you. Stand up and exercise your authority. Amen. But all of that rooted and grounded in the love and the grace of God. So before I get up, I haven't even started and I've started preaching. Glory to God. But I want to have some little CDs there that I just want to um, make you aware and just, you know, bless you with. Um, there is, you know, with what we've talked about, righteousness, grace, and love. You know, one morning I remember I woke up and the Holy Spirit spoke to me loud. And I heard the planting of the Lord. I'm like, I never heard that. The planting of the Lord. What is that? And as I started to, he started to speak to me, kind of download something in my heart and showing me that we had to be planted in our righteousness. The Bible calls us oaks of righteousness, planted in our righteousness. We have to be rooted, grounded, planted in the love of God. And we heard that in this conference. And we have to learn, like Carly was teaching this morning, being planted in the word knowing what the word says, what is yours. Stop letting the devil sit in your seat, know what's yours, and that happens when you are renewed in your mind by implanted in the word. So this album, it's all about that. 
to be able to grow in God, amen, and to blossom and be fruitful and to be all that God has called you to be and to do, you've got to be planted. Amen. So is there somebody who wants to be planted? Hallelujah. I knew I had to kind of shock you a little bit. For those of you who were in my workshop yesterday, by the way, um, Will Royer just gave me a count and he said there were 121 persons yesterday that got filled with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Thank you, Will, for checking on that. And I taught some about the importance of allowing you know, the Holy Spirit to lead us. So that requires us to enter into a communion with God that requires us to know God and, and, and develop that intimacy with God. And in order to do that, you know, we have to have a heart that can hear God. God speaks all the time. But I love what Jesus said 16 different times. Let him hear who has ears to hear. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Amen. God is wanting to show us, to lead us, to teach us, to correct us, to encourage us. But as the Bible teaches us and Jesus taught us that the condition of our heart has a lot to do with our ability to hear God. Selah. And you know that our faith is contingent on our ability to hear from God. Because faith, which is in simplest form, is trusting God and his word more than what you can see and feel. But that trust in God and his word comes by hearing and hearing by the word, as Jesus said, that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Because that's how you and I, that should be our diet being fed by the word that God speaks to us through his, the Bible, through, you know, God speaks. And that album, that's what it's all about. There are things in life, and that's the devil, wants to do things, just kind of hinder your heart, do things, distraction, offense, all kind of stuff to render your heart unable to heal. Because you know, in the inside of your heart, there are ears. H-E-A-R-T, there is an E-A-R. And so that's what that album is all about. In a conference um, a few years ago, God had given me a message that literally I, I've received so many, so many, so many testimonies of radical healings and miracles. It was a message that the Lord had given me called the violent take it by force. Uh, I don't know if some of you have seen the testimony of those twins that had Lyme disease. And that message came out of the miracle, the, the healing that happened. Uh, because so many times we think that, well, if healing is always, always, always the will of God, then da-da-da, it's going to happen automatically. And yes, God's heart oozes out. That's his love language. Healing is his love language. But here is thing, like Carly said this morning, he's already done everything he's going to do. Amen. 
But here is the goodness of God. He's given us and put in us everything we're going to need to get a hold of this healing. And you know, one day the Holy Spirit talked to me when I was praying for a lady in a wheelchair. He said, she will have to learn to stand up on the inside before she can stand up on the outside. And long story short, that lady in a nine month time, she got out of the wheelchair. Amen. So this is this message is born out of a lot of things that the, the, the Holy Spirit taught me uh, through my time of ministry to different peoples. So, um, where is that little lady I prayed for yesterday that was in a wheelchair? Here you are, sweetheart. I hope you have a CD player because sometime... Hallelujah. And then there is an, an, a, a new one. It's called the path to healing. How to manifest the kingdom of God. And what, some of what I'm going to talk about tonight, there is a little bit, um, it's going to be a little bit of what's in there. That's, you know, a, a two CD album. But tonight in, in a short, <laughs> short time, uh, I'm just going to touch on it. But here it is. Hallelujah. You know, I was talking about the thing about the violent, take it by force. How so many times we can get so passive. And yes, we understand that God is so good, is so merciful, and he wants to heal everybody. But, you know, I notice so many times the people's faith, they heard of Jesus, they, they understood and they heard that he, he was the healer, he healed people, and it compelled people to climb mountains, it compelled people to go through roofs, it compelled people just to do anything they could to get to him, amen? That was their faith just moving them, amen? But in knowing that we have authority, so many times I see people that they, they, and we understand, I mean, Andrew said it, we already have the healing. It's already been given, it's done, and how we access it is by, you know, exercising our God-given authority, you know, by faith. But I see so many times people that said, okay, I'm going to exercise authority, but then they get frustrated. It seems like it's not working. You know, and so as I was thinking about that and looking at that, you know, I, I, I noticed something that Jesus, you know, because when we talk about authority, we're talking about the kingdom of God, you know, and we see so many times Jesus, when he would heal people, he would say, you know, he would call the disciples and say, go and heal the people and tell them the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or he would go and heal people and say, the kingdom of God is near you. And it made me think, and I'm like, healing is connected with the kingdom of God because what is a kingdom? What is a kingdom? A kingdom is a realm that has a king and a king that rule in that kingdom. It's the rulership of a king in a realm or in a kingdom. Right? But for you and for, for me, amen, when God says the kingdom of God, amen, it's come upon you, is near you, and we know it's connected directly with healing, what does this mean to us? Where is this kingdom? Because Jesus said, hey, when, you, when the people are getting healed, the kingdom of God is near them or is upon them. But where is the kingdom of God? 
one thing that we know when you know Jesus says that my kingdom is not of this earth. My kingdom is not because if it was of this earth, I would call my servant and they would deliver me, amen, from those who are wanting to, to arrest me. The kingdom of God is in the spirit. But here is the good news. The spirit of God is in you. The spirit of God, that, that kingdom that brings healing, the kingdom where God rules, where God, where authority is exercised, that kingdom is in the spirit, but the spirit is in you. And the Bible says the kingdom of God is in you. Which means that when we want to exercise authority, amen, and that's what Jesus says, the kingdom of God indeed is in you. I like that. Because you see, exercising authority against sickness so many times, we, we tend to think about what we're going to do at the, on the outside. And I see people that try to exercise authority and all of a sudden they go and they feel like they got to shout, they've got to scream, they've got to kick, they've got to, oh, no, no, devil, get out. And they get in that warring tongue and they start getting exerted, you know, excited and, and they're like, it's not working. And, you know, and it reminds me, the Lord speaks to me in picture and I remember he showed me and he reminded me of a movie that I saw a long, long time ago. It was called Karate Kid. Anybody has ever seen that movie, Karate Kid? And I remember a scene where you see, you know, that little kid that was in school that was kind of a scrawny, skinny, you know, and he was in school and he was always getting beat up by the bullies, you know, and finally he met that Mr. Miyagi, you know, and so Mr. Miyagi is teaching him, he said, okay, son, go and fight. And all of a sudden you see that kid, go, 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 He's starting to go, and all of a sudden, like, <laughs> tired, and Mr. Miyagi goes, Pow. he does one little thing, and buff, you know, and he said, son, the real power is not in you doing all of that. The real power is in you. And as believers, we've got to understand when, when we, under, we exercise authority, it is not so much the devil, and, and screaming and kicking and trying to do all the stuff of how many times we're gonna say in the name of Jesus and how loud we're gonna say it, you know? The real power is not on the outside. The real power is on the inside. The kingdom of God, the rule of God, the authority of God is in you. The real power is in you. Hallelujah, amen. You know, that reminds me also, you know, when people, the people that really know their power, the people that really know their authority. I mean, look, one time God gave me that picture. He said, look at a chihuahua. I mean, they go, rah, 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 because they know they have no power. I always say, there are, you know, if you're a cat lover, please don't get offended at me. Would you? I always think, no dogs go to heaven and cats go to hell. And Chihuahua. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just playing, just. <laughs> but you look at a German shepherd. A big dog, he just doesn't move. He's not move, he's not an exert. He doesn't really barely, you know, bark, he's just. 
because he knows his power. He knows what he's capable of doing. You know, he can grab your head up with one log of his, you know, and the, and the, 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 the end is, is it's over, you know? And we've got to see in the same way that when we are faced with a sickness, with a diagnosis, with a symptoms, with a whatever it is that the devil is trying to put on you, how do you respond? And you're going to start exercising authority. You have got to know that the power and the authority is in you. And it is not so much about what you're going to do on the outside, but it's more about what you know that is on the inside. And I love that what Jesus said. He said, the kingdom of God, the rule of God is not meat, eat and drink, but what is it? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. You know the spirit of God is in you. And when you understand what is the truth, the power, the reality that is on the inside of you, it will get you from being a chihuahua in the spirit from being a German shepherd. And Jesus said in Romans 14, verse 17, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is in the spirit. Once you understand your righteousness and what righteousness is, it's gonna give you such an assurance and such a boldness in front of that disease. Because the Bible says, and I love that, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in this life through the one Jesus Christ. You see, once you understand your righteousness, and what it actually means and what it is and what you have. You know, Barry talked about that, the righteousness. Then it will cause you no longer to be a chihuahua afraid that has to bark, but it will make you into an assured, bold person, a German shepherd. And you will reign and you will rule and you will no longer be intimidated with that disease or with that sickness. So let me ask you this, because when you hear about righteousness, that seems like a big word, you know? It's like, okay, we talk righteousness, right? But you know, it sometimes almost seems like a theological or word. But for the lay person, it's like righteousness, what is it? And so many times we think and we translate righteousness into right doing, right acting, walking a certain way. When in reality, listen to me, righteousness, what is it? Righteousness is a legal term. It's a legal right. It's like being able legally, and I like to underline the word legally. Because in, the, in God, God does everything legally. We were guilty. We were born sinners because of Adam, right? 
And legally, God had to do something to make us free, to make us innocent, to make us just in front of him. And that righteousness is a legal right to be able to come before God innocent as if sin had never existed. Think of it. And Colleen talked about this this morning. How the guilt, the condemnation, the unworthiness were rendering her incapable of having a relationship with God and much less receiving healing. And I heard that thread through all the speakers. The feeling guilty, the feeling unworthy, the feeling not good enough, the feeling this. And here it is. Once you understand that righteousness, what it is, it is the legal right to stand before God as if sin had never existed. And what does it does? It gives you that legal right to approach God, your father, without guilt, without shame, without a sense of unworthiness, without that complex of inferiority. With boldness, it allows you to come and talk and have that relationship with God to receive everything he's got for you. It gives you that boldness, that assurance. And I love that in Isaiah, it says, you shall be established in righteousness and fear and oppression will be far from you. And I love to see that that understanding this righteousness, that legally, our debt was paid for. Legally, our sin was completely wiped out and nailed to the cross. And legally, now, it gives us the right to have that relationship with God, to accept his love, but it also gives you that boldness before the enemy and before sickness. Legally, you have that right now to look at sickness and say, hey, cancer, back off. Legally, it gives you that assurance, that boldness to look at that arthritis and say, arthritis, pack up your bag and go. It gives you that legal right to look at the symptoms and say, uh-uh, symptoms, I'm not going to bow my knee, I'm not going to yield to you. And Daniel talked about it the other day. And yes, it is true. Once we understand that symptoms is to sickness, what temptation is to sin. When the devil wants to make you sin, he will tempt you. It doesn't mean you, you, haven't, you have sinned yet. It just means you are being tempted. And it becomes sin when? It becomes sin when you yield to it, when you accept it, when you submit yourself to that temptation. Then it gives birth to sin, and sin gives birth to death. So it is with sickness. When you are being tempted with symptoms, it doesn't mean you are sick. It just means you are being tempted with symptoms. And it means you've got to stand up, use your authority, and say, no, sir, that not today. You're not going to get into this house. You are not powerless and hopeless. No. You are the righteousness of God. You have that legal right now to go to Father God, to receive his love, and to know that no matter what has happened, 
You are loved. You are forgiven. You are innocent. You are just as if sin had never existed before him. And therefore, it gives you that confidence. It gives you that assurance. And therefore, it gives you that boldness to look at sickness straight in the face and say, no, not today. No, no, ha, ha, no, you, you knocking at the wrong door. And listen to this verse. I love this verse. In 1 John 4, 16, verse 17, it says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. For God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. You see, we read this verse and we say, well, one day when I get before the throne of God, I'll have boldness. Wait a second, we won't need boldness then. We'll be transformed. Our spirit has been redeemed and transformed, but then our, 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 our body will, will, will get a new body. We'll get and will be known as we, we will know him as we are known. But what is he talking about here? When do we need boldness in time of judgment? That word judgment in Greek is the word krisis, which means accusation and condemnation. When the devil accuses you, when the devil condemns you, when he makes you feel like this and make you think that you are not uh, worthy or good enough to receive healing, when he tries to remind you what you did yesterday or man, sometime a year ago, saying, uh-uh, no way you can get healed. You deserve that sickness. Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't look at me so innocent. <laughs> at that moment, Knowing the love of God and understanding your righteousness, your legal right in the court of heaven before God, it will give you boldness to tell the devil, get out. Knowing that righteousness will give you boldness. And let me say something to some of you. We all have heard heard the verse that says, with that faith, it's impossible to please God, right? But let me ask you a question. When do you demonstrate the greater faith? When you have prayed for a week, you have read 20 chapters of the Bible, you have fasted a week, then you're coming before God. Would that require faith? But when you've messed up, when you failed, and yet you choose to believe by faith that you are the righteousness of God and you have a legal right to accept that healing and you approach your father to let him love on you. That is when you demonstrate greater faith and God is pleased. Woo-hoo! Just saying. When you, when you feel like, like Andrew says, like a zero with a rim knocked off, Did I say it right? I don't want to misquote you or anything. (laughs) When you feel like a zero and yet by by faith, and it requires faith, trust in the love of God that you go and say, you know what? I understand now that legally 
I am the righteousness of God. That all my errors, my mistake, my past, my I should have and didn't, I did and shouldn't have, whatever it is, it's been removed completely by the blood of Jesus. That is great faith. And I'm telling you, your daddy God is so pleased that you choose to trust in his loving kindness, that you choose to believe that he is good, that you choose to believe that he, he has paid for all of the sin and all he wants and have that relationship with you to bless you because you are his kids. That's what righteousness will do. It will empower you to have boldness before God to receive all of his blessing, to receive that healing, and it will give you boldness before the devil to tell him to pack his bag and go. Do you remember, and Barry, you spoke about that verse. You made that guy that was lowered from the roof with four friends, he was on a stretcher. And yes, I do agree, that was Jesus' house. Because he didn't peep, he didn't say anything, he apparently didn't bother him. And then lowered that guy, made a big hole in the roof, then lowered him. And Jesus looked at him and said, son, your sins are forgiven. And I would have thought, no, wait a second. Replay, cut, start again. No, he wants healing. He needs healing, he's paralyzed. Why are you talking about his sins? Why? Because Jesus dealt with the root of the problem. He knew that if he didn't deal with the unworthiness, the guilt, the condemnation, and the heart, that man would not be able to receive his healing. And so Jesus dealt with the root. And once the guy knew, I am forgiven, I am loved by God, healing was a piece of cake. That man was able to receive his healing without a problem. And so many of you in this, in this place, I believe, you are not able to receive because somehow there's something, or maybe you have not forgiven yourself. I was in Congo just a, a week and a half ago, and I ministered to a lady in a wheelchair that was filled with arthritis. And when I minister to people, I just don't like the one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter ministry. You know, Jesus was always different, right? One day he would sit pit in somebody's eyes. Another time he'd tell you, just go into the, the pool. Another time, go and show yourself to the priest. You know, why? Because he never did anything out of his own initiative, but only what he heard the Father and saw the Father do. And so as I was praying for that lady, and I was, as I was talking and listening to her, I was listening in my spirit, and I just heard there is unforgiveness in his heart. But I knew, and I, and I told, and I knew that it was, that there was something in her heart that was hindering her from receiving that healing. She looked like such a sweet, good lady. But then as I, 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 I started to talk to her, and I said, something has happened in your life and you are full of guilt, and you have not forgiven yourself. What is it? And she said, when I was young, she said, I fell in love with a guy, and that guy, you know, told me how much he loved me, and we were gonna get married and everything, and he kind of brought me into bed, 
And I didn't want to, but we did because I knew, well, it's just a matter, we're just gonna get married. And then she said, and then I fell pregnant and he left and he totally left. And I had that baby and she said, I had an abortion. And she said, I have not. And all of a sudden I could tell, see tears in her eyes. Where, and then after that, she said, my sister was sick with cancer and I prayed, prayed, and she died. And, and I said, you feel like it's your fault, don't you? You feel like you haven't prayed enough? You haven't believed enough for your sister? And you see that guilt, that, un that unworthiness, all of that was just so heavy on her, it was hindering her from receiving her healing. So instead of doing a little prayer, rise up and walk, no, we deal with the root with the heart. And as I started to pray for her, then she started to tell me, she said, I'm starting to feel, feeling in my legs. I start feeling such a peace and I could feel her whole countenance changed. And it's so, so important to understand we are the righteousness of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Because here is something that happens. You know, in 1 John 3, verse 20 says, if your heart does not condemn you, you have assurance before God. And whatever you ask, you receive. But you see, if your heart condemns you, where you feel weighed down with guilt or with unworthiness or whatever it is, because you don't know your righteousness, your heart will have no assurance to receive from God. Hallelujah. And when we talk about righteousness, we always think about, you know, the vertical righteousness, that legal position before God that gives us the right to have intimacy with him, to talk to him, to listen to him, to approach him boldly with assurance, to jump on his lap, to squeeze him, to let him love on us to talk, to bear our heart with him, to listen to him, to let him guide us and talk to us, amen. But you know, in the Jewish culture, when you talk about righteousness, because remember, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness and peace and joy in the spirit, right? But in the Hebrew mind, when you talk of righteousness, it's not just vertical, but it's also horizontal. It's almost like they call it, and I hate to use that term, they call it an ethical obligation, means the way you treat other people. And one thing that I have noticed is so many times when people, maybe you're offended at somebody, or somebody is offended and there is like a strife. I found out in the Bible that strife is the lending pad of the devil. And the Bible says where there is strife, there will be every other work of the enemy. And when there is strife, it is very difficult to exercise authority. It is very difficult to receive from God. Not because God has his arm crossed saying, oh yeah, you've got something coming, honey. You know, did you notice like in Mark 11, the, the chapter that Jesus, you know, that Kenneth Hagin wrote, the, the verse that he wrote, you know. Whoever speaks to the mountain, command it to be removed and cast in, in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that what he'll say will be done. And then he said, when you stand praying, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. But we often forget the verse 25. And if you have ought against 
anyone forgive? And why is it that if you have unforgiveness against somebody, you've got to forgive? Like I said, not because God is having harm cross. You know, I, I, like Andrew said, I haven't totally understood that whole thing. But I know one thing is God is good. He's not against us. He's for us. He's not looking to disqualify us. He's looking to qualify us. And if all of a sudden we have unforgiveness in our heart and there is that strap, that offense, your heart will condemn you. Your heart will not allow you to receive. So you've got something you've got to settle. And you know, like yesterday when I was praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit, it is something that is so easy. But sometimes I notice when people have a hard time entering into it and not able to receive their prayer language and they, they seem like they're hitting a wall. Nine times out of ten, I asked them, I said, is there something in your heart, maybe you've been hurt? There's something in your heart you hurt against, you have, you know, you're offended at somebody or there's something in your heart, you know, is it something? Nine times out of ten, they say, yeah. And like yesterday, every time we said, okay, well, let's get it out of the way. And we get it out of the way and bam, they get their prayer language like that. And I remember one time I was in Colombia and I, that night I was ministering a, a message that was called, don't act like a monkey. <laughs> Teaching about how offense is not just a coincidence, it's a trap, it's a strategy demonic strategy of the devil to make you fool, put your life on hold and keep you from receiving what God wants you to receive. And I was in that church in Colombia and I saw that lady walking with a, you know, a walker. And she was every step, you could tell she was in so much pain. Her fingers were all curled like this. And she was, you know, and she was walking like this in so much pain. That will look good on the camera. But that night I felt led to minister that message. And I didn't know anything, that lady was just a visitor. And by the end of the service, that lady came running to the front. And when I asked her testimony, she said, when I was a young bride, I had small little children. My husband left me for another woman and abandoned us. She said, I was so angry, I was so hurt, I was so bitter that I said, I will never, never, never forgive him. And she said, when I heard your message, I realized I had prayed for years. I had people lay hands on me. I had fasted, I had done everything I knew to do and I, I couldn't get healed. And that night when I heard your message, I chose to forgive my husband. And without anybody laying hands on her, nobody knew nothing all of a sudden. In a few seconds, as she was sitting in her chair, she chose to forgive her husband. But you know, I always wondered, what is the logic behind people that refuse to forgive? You know, they said, I will never forgive, as if they will make the other person pay. When in reality, the other person is going on their merry way and forgets about it. But what you're doing by refusing to forgive, it's like drinking a glass of poison and expecting the other person to die. <laughs> and so that lady, she chose right there by herself to forgive her husband. 
without anybody saying anything, doing anything, the anointing of God came upon her and all of a sudden she was completely healed. You know, I'd like to settle that tonight before we go any further. If there are some of you here tonight, you can look into your heart. You know, you don't have to try to, you know, you, you'll know. If this is your case, then you know that you have something in your heart that you have not resolved, that you have not asked for, whether it's forgiving you or forgiving, for, forgiving somebody else or asking somebody else to forgive you, whatever it is, resolve it. It's not worth it. So I'd like to do something tonight. I think it'd be important. I'm gonna give you a few seconds. You don't need 10 hours. In a few seconds, I want you right where you are. I want you to talk to your Father God and I want you to release that person. And I want you to say, Father God, I forgive and just can tell the name of the person. I ask you to forgive so and so and I bless him or I bless her. They did not know what they were doing. Would you do that right now before we move any further? Where you are right here, let it go. Just let it go. I remember when I was attacked, I was getting ready to go to the jungle of Guatemala. And three days before, I got attacked with appendicitis. And the Spirit of God told me to stay home and receive my healing. So I obeyed God, I did. But all night long, I was in bed. It was a complete, I was like, my body was going under shock. The fever was going up to 103. And, and, and I, I, it was, you know, really, really bad. And didn't sleep all night. And I remember I was just like, Lord, I believe I received. I knew I received my healing. But I look and I see my husband sleeping like an angel. <laughs> and I got mad at him. And I'm thinking, all these years I've been single and fighting with, for myself, and now you're married, and look at that. <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> he had the peace of God. But then the, the God spoke to me, and he says, Audrey, do you believe you healed? I'm like, yes, Lord. You know, I got spiritual all of a sudden. Yes, Lord, I believe I'm healed. He said, yeah, okay. He said, you know what verse 111.24 says, when you believe, when you pray, believe you receive. Yes, Lord, I have received. And what does verse 25 says? <laughs> and if you have ought against anyone, forgive. I shook him, I woke him up. I said, honey, honey, I forgive you, please forgive me. <laughs> he had no clue what was going on, but at least I got that resolved. And long story short, I got totally healed. Amen. Amen. So that is good. But you know, when you know your righteousness and you know how much God loves you and you know that legal position to be able to receive, you have that legal right to receive, you have that legal right to stand against the enemy, it will fill you with peace. 
because the kingdom of God exercising authority is righteousness and peace. You see, the problem when people hear a diagnosis, when people hear of cancer, of a problem, all of a sudden they get in a reaction mode. You see, when you know who you are and whose you are, you never get into reaction. You stay in the peace, but you respond to who God is. What do I mean by that? Here again, when you hear and you try to exercise authority and you try to tell sickness to go, symptoms to go, you start getting like I do the spiritual karate. No, no. True spiritual authority is exercised when you know your righteousness and you are in the peace of God. And it is so important for you to protect the peace. You remember Jesus said, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled. Why? Because the moment we let our heart be troubled, we get out of peace. And if we get out of peace, we short circuit our authority. And I'm reminded of something that happened to me on how that God taught me something about true authority. That true authority is exercised in the peace of God. A few months ago, I was traveling, I always travel. And I was going, I was supposed to go to San Antonio. And I was going from Jacksonville to San Antonio and I always fly through Atlanta. And as a missionary, I have an MO. I go on a plane, I get out of the plane, and I book to my next gate. I don't stop to go to the bathroom, I don't stop to buy something to eat or anything, I'll just go. You know, it's like putting your key in the right place, always the same place so you don't lose them. And so that day, I was in the plane and I was reading a book about hearing the voice of God. And the lady next to me, she's like, oh, Audrey, she said, you're, oh, you're a Christian, I'm a Christian too. And we started to talk, she said, can we exchange numbers? So we exchange numbers. I get out of the plane, we say goodbye, then I'm like, I'm gonna book, go to my next gate. And as I'm walking, I'm on the terminal T of Atlanta, which if you know anything about Atlanta, the terminal is where the hub, the security hub, where you have all the security. And I'm walking, getting ready to walk in, and all of a sudden, I have that thought that came, go to the bathroom. And I'm thinking, no, I don't go to the bathroom, I'll wait to the next gate. But I know God. And I know that when I get that spontaneous thought that is totally out of my norm, I'm like, that's God, that, you know, so I obeyed. I didn't even question, I just went to the bathroom. I got out of the bathroom and I'm now smack in the center of the security. And all of a sudden we hear, stop, freeze, nobody move. So everybody's freezing and I'm thinking, you don't understand, I've got to go to my gate. Lady, stop. And within the next few seconds, we hear, warning, run, danger, danger, run, 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 danger, run. All of a sudden, out of panic in the airport. People started to run, to fall. Grandma fell out of the wheelchair. The kids are crying, run, going, climbing, going under chair. Told, have you ever seen panic? And all of a sudden, I just told myself, Audrey, do, and out loud, Audrey, do not panic. Because I knew I needed to stay in the peace of God. So I'm walking and I'm, I'm saying, Audrey, do not panic. And I'm walking. 
Do not panic. And I see a big pillar, and I'm going behind the pillar. My first thought was, oh, I could be in heaven with Jesus. <laughs> but then I thought, no, there's something. And you see, I went behind checking in my spirit, God, I do not want to react to darkness. I do not want to react to, the, to, to what the devil is doing. I need to be quiet in that place of peace to hear the spirit of God. And as I did that, all of a sudden, I had a holy boldness come over me. And I started to speak. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you in the name. I said, peace, be still. I started to speak to whatever it, I didn't know if it was a bomb. I didn't know if it was a shooter. I didn't know. All I knew is there was extreme danger, but I refused to panic. I refused to react to it. And I wanted, I knew I needed to be in the peace of God to exercise that authority. And I was there and I started to speak to the, to the, I said, peace be still in Jesus' name. Peace be still in Jesus' name. And I was calm. And I spoke to it all of a bit, or because I was speaking loud, there were people under the chair looking at me with big eyes like, who is that crazy lady? And then a security lady who heard me, because I was not, you know, Minnie Mouse, I was loud. I spoke to it in the name of Jesus. I said, in the name of Jesus, peace over the darkness, peace over the situation. And they evacuated all us. They evacuated everything, everybody on the tarmac. We ended up being for three hours on the tarmac in the cold. And then finally, after that, they got us back through the security. And I missed, I don't know how many flights. I was finally the last flight for San Antonio. And I'm frustrated because I'm thinking, Lord, Usually I'm always in the right place at the right time. What's going on? And right there, I'm talking to the Lord, debating, you know, and I look at my phone and I see the lady. I had texted her saying, hey, did you got caught in the middle of that whole thing? And she said, no, I made it on the other side. And I'm thinking, well, if you hadn't stopped to the bathroom, you would be on the other side. <laughs> but I looked at it and she said, no, I wasn't, but she said, later on that day, I ended up sitting next to a lady who was right behind the shooter. She said he had gun in a bag. He put his hand in the bag, and as he put his hand in the bag, the gun went off, and all of a sudden, there was total panic, and that's when it all happened. She said, but at that moment, instead of taking the gun out of the bag, he froze. He froze, and all of a sudden, he took his bag, and he ran out of the airport. They, I don't know how much, I mean, few days later they found him and he was a convicted felon. I'm saying all of that to say that spiritual authority, the kingdom of God, is not so much of reacting and how and binding and loosing and this, but it's knowing your righteousness which gives you that assurance, that gives you that boldness. It's staying in that place of peace because in that place of peace, you see, when you know who you are, you are royalty, children of the king. When you know who you are, you know kings, they don't rush. They don't react. When you know that, you stay in that place. And it's important that you stay in that place of peace so you can hear the Holy Spirit guide you, reassure you, encourage you, help you. Is that helping anybody? 
staying in that place of righteousness and love and protecting the peace of God when you hear of a diagnosis, when you know you might even have a death threat, when you know your life is in danger, or whatever situation you find yourself into, it is imperative not to get into fear, into reaction, into, but you know, like Carly said this morning, the, the wounded rabbit syndrome, don't get into the victim mentality, but know that you are, a, 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 you have been made king, you've been made royalty, you have that, that, that place of authority, of righteousness, and you stay in that place of peace. You know, if you can do nothing else, worship God. If you can do nothing else, start thanking him, reminding yourself of his faithfulness. Everything is done for you. And when you find yourself in that place of worship, your eyes will not be on the problem, but on Jesus. Your eyes will not be on your problem, but will be filled with thanksgiving. And it will bring you to that place of peace where you can hear what the Spirit is saying. When you can allow the Spirit of God to encourage you, to guide you, to lead you, to help you. And when you're in that place of peace and, 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 and righteousness, it will fill you with joy. And joy will be a strength. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. Because the problem is when you hear a bad diagnosis, when you are filled with pain, the reaction is all of a sudden you want to cry. You want to feel like a victim. You want to complain. You want to enter into a vicious cycle that will be self-destructive. And you've got to break that cycle by knowing that you are the righteousness of God, that you've got to be in that place of peace, that you've got to, to entertain that joy. And it will require you to shake yourself up and by faith to tell yourself, I am the righteousness of God. I am loved. That will fill you with peace. And the more you dwell on that and the more you will have joy. And the more you have joy and the more you will have strength. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Can I have somebody at the piano really quick? Is that okay? Is there a... Yes, thank you, sweetheart. Oh, she's coming, yeah. Either. Because I've got a few words, but there's something that I want to do. Because you know what was so awesome in this conference? Yesterday, for example, you saw the gift of the evangelist. You saw a man that was operating in the gifts of healings, the word of knowledge, and that was so powerful. But I love also that Andrew explained that God loves us so much that there is so many different ways he wants to bring healing to us. Amen. But you know, I also heard something is that, you see, it is so much important for us to understand and know how to exercise our authority. Because, okay, you received your healing through a word of knowledge or somebody praying for you. But when the symptom, if the symptoms try to return, then now what you, do you do? Do you run to another conference for having somebody else to pray for you? No. You will know, hey, I'm the righteousness of God. You find yourself, you, you, you bring yourself to that place of peace where you can just 
hear what God is telling you and you have that boldness to speak to the, to the symptoms and said, hey, no, I am healed. Get out of here. Amen. So this is what I want to do tonight. If you are here tonight and you still have sickness, you're still sick, you have not got your healing yet, I want you to stand up. This message is a little different than what I usually preach and minister, but I think it's important that we go from that place of being passive, waiting for people to, and you know, many, there is a place for that. But I think it's just to get to a place now I'm like, oh, I'm gonna learn to stand and I'm gonna learn to exercise my authority because you found out you have authority. You are the righteousness of God. You have that legal right to speak to the sickness and tell it to die. Tell it to go. You have that authority to speak to your symptoms and tell it to go. Thank you for that one clap. So we're gonna take five minutes, but I want you to exercise your authority and speak to your body. You know what's going on in your body. And if you hear that little voice that says, well, you know, I'm a nobody. I would rather have Andrew pray for me. I'm a nobody. You've heard it now. You are the righteousness of God, which makes you powerful because the kingdom of God is in you. That authority is in you in the name of Jesus. That boldness is in you. That right to say no is in you. But it's up to you to exercise it. Nobody else. So would you do that right now? Yes? It is just easy. Ankle, I command you to be healed in the name of Jesus. Pain, I command you to go. I command that little, you know, that pain, that burning to go in Jesus' name. Knee, you be healed. Pain, you go. Whatever, you know what's going on. You speak to it. That's what Jesus said in Mark 11, 20. He said, whoever, is there a whoever here? If you are a whoever, raise your hand. So you qualify. And Jesus says, whoever speaks to the mountain, speak to the toe, speak to the liver, speak to the back, speak to the head, speak to the migraine, speak to the cancer, and command it to be removed and cast into the sea and does not die in his heart, but believe that whatever he says will be done, it will, it will happen. So it's time for you, my friend, my sisters and my brothers, to know who you are and start becoming, stop being a chihuahua, start being a German shepherd in the spirit.
Would you do that right now? Come on, let's go. Hallelujah. Go ahead and do it. Speak to it. Some of you, Now, you know it's interesting. I just said, start exercising your authority. And I looked at some people and they're like that. <laughs> How much authority is that gonna come? <sighs> no, no, sometimes you gotta, you've gotta speak to it, knowing who you are. In the name of Jesus, I command knees to be healed. In the name of Jesus, I command back to be healed. In the name of Jesus, I command those C4, C5 discs in the back to be healed. Is there somebody who had the C4, C5? Be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I command the chronic chronic depression. I command the chronic depression to be stopped and gone in Jesus' name. No more chronic depression. And I want to say hello. Pastor Gary Pierce is watching online and everybody online. This is not limited. For whoever is watching online, a few years ago, I was praying for chronic depression and a dear pastor in Texas, was watching online in his church, streaming, and he had been under chronic depression for 25 years, was seeing a psychiatrist, I think every month, was under medication. And when he heard me command the chronic depression to go, he says he felt tingling in his head. He was completely healed. I went to preach in his church. He was completely free. In the name of Jesus, Start doing what you could not do before. Start doing what you could not do before. If you could not walk, start walking. If you couldn't run, start running. If you couldn't bend, start bending. If you couldn't eat, go eating. If you couldn't swallow, go swallow. Whatever it is, you exercise your authority and then you start doing what you couldn't do before. I see some of you, your mouth is still closed, and I'm wondering, how can you exercise authority with your mouth closed? Hallelujah. There are some of you, you have had epileptic seizure. Epileptic seizure, I command it right now to go. Anybody here, you've had epileptic seizure? Yes, I command you to be healed right now in Jesus' name. I command those seizures to cease, never to return in Jesus' name. I command complete balance in your brain. I command any acid reflux right now to be healed. Intestinal problem to be healed in Jesus' name. Autism. 
You speak to it, sister. You speak to it. Yes. Bravo Sciatic nerve. Sciatic nerve. I command it to be healed in Jesus' name. Sciatic nerve, I command it to be healed in Jesus' name. Pain, you go. Intestinal problem, go. Be healed in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. You are the healer. You are the healer. Thank you for your anointing that heals right now. Thank you for your peace that passes understanding. Thank you, Father. I commend bulging disc, anybody with bulging disc. Bulging disc, I commend them to be healed in Jesus' name. Start moving, start doing what you couldn't do before. Respond. Hallelujah. problem, knee problem, swelling of the knee, the eroding of the cartilage in the knee. Right now, I commend healing in that knee in Jesus' name. I commend new knees in the name of Jesus. Do you see? If you start seeing a difference in your body, Start moving your hands. If you start seeing a difference in your body, start moving your hands. Hallelujah. How, look at all those hands. Look at all those hands. For more information on GoTel Ministry, our teaching, our itinerary, and to discover the many testimonies of those who have been touched and healed by the power of God, you may visit our website at www.gotelministry.org And remember that Jesus came to give you life and life in abundance.